Hi, I'm Jeff Grayson. This is the second half of a two-part interview. The guys have left the locker room. The halftime adjustments have been made. I think we can expect nothing less than 110%. It's season four of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. It's Chris Byer, as always, with my co-host, Jim Martin. Jim. Hello, everyone. I didn't get to introduce this time. I normally go second, but what I the heck? I'll just I'll just let you go. It's fine. You do your thing. You know, I'll just be the guy in the corner. I, I just got done asking. What did I you mean, ask? This is off mic. This is off mic. <laughs> what? Yes, this is all recorded. You bring you it on mic. You, didn't ask, you said, do I have any jokes? I don't oh. have any jokes. You're the joke guy. Well, I was going to do it. Like I said, I would, I would have deferred to you, but, but, uh, but now we're in it. So let's just, it's too late now. Let's just, yeah, it's too late. It's too late. We got another one coming Monday. Damage, you, the damage has been that. done. Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, we're returning for the second half of our podcast, uh, with Tim Brennan. We'll introduce him in just a second, but we're going to talk a little bit about comedy, the comedy business and, and, uh, our generation of comics, maybe his generation of comics. He's a little bit younger than us. And we just lost a big uh, comedy uh, legend here, Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you a fan? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I wasn't not a fan. You know, it wasn't like I was like, I don't like Norm Macdonald. I, I I didn't actively seek out his stuff. You know, not like uh like I really like Steve Martin. I like that guy. But but uh, but no, I thought he was funny and stuff. You know, especially unfortunately, once he passed, and you start watching all the stuff that he did. And like, oh, this is all pretty good. You know, but. Right, um, right. And a lot of it was his style. You know, he had kind of this mm-hmm. stammering style and this yep. and uh, meandering style where it was a lot of the joke was just how he told it, not necessarily the joke itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, you know, another thing that was weird about it is he uh, apparently had been had cancer for like 10 plus years and didn't tell anybody. And it was real surprise to everybody when he died. Wow. You know, this isn't a real funny topic, but, but, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's strange how that goes. I mean, some, you know, a lot of people have a different opinion of how they want to handle that, of course. And we had a friend of ours who kind of did the same thing. And then we got a phone call like what? And, and, you know, she passed away and geez, you know, and she never told us anything. And I mean, it's obviously it's her right, I guess, but it, I guess, you know, since that happened, I've, I've thought about what would I do? You know, I mean, what, what is, is there a better way to do it one way or the other? Would you want to know? Would you not want to know? You don't want people to treat you differently, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't want to stay silent. I, I kind of want to tell you and our listeners that I've got some eye floaters going on and I just want to bring light to that. You know, some people, yeah. they suffer in silence and I just want to make sure it's out there. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you're not going to, not going to suddenly go down in a heap on me. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. No, I want to bring yeah. attention to it. You know, you gotta, yeah. you, you, I don't want to, uh, you know, silence is violence. Is, is, does that apply here to the? I, I don't know if that applies here, but I mean, what the heck? We'll, we'll go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people keep yeah. quiet about these eye floater things and they're distracting, annoying. And, and if you don't do something about it, I think you're to blame. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and uh, you know, I, I appreciate you coming forward with this information, yeah. sharing well, it with, uh, with myself and the rest of our listeners. I just I want to help. I want to I want to bring attention to yeah. these things. So I want to bring attention to that as well as our guest here today. And it's Tim Brennan, who's got his microphone off. Tim, turn your microphone on. There He's... it is. <laughs> He's back on. All right, Tim, we just I just mentioned Norm Macdonald. Were you a fan? I was. Do you remember the movie Dirty Work? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That was that's one of my favorite movies of all mm. time. And I was watching it after I found out uh, that Norm had passed. And when I'm watching the movie, I'm just thinking, wow, like who would have thought that Artie Lang would outlive Norm MacDonald? Hmm. Yeah, right. True. Yeah. No like, kidding. Get one of the most unique voices. Like when you heard Norm MacDonald, you knew it was him. Mm-hmm. Very fearless too. And that's what I always liked about him is like, he had really no filter, like his stuff on the roasts when he went up there uh, for the Bob Saget roast. Did you watch that? I didn't see that one. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has my favorite roast set ever because he just wrote like really lazy jokes, like very anti jokes while everyone's trying to like really say the most offensive thing to each other. Mm-hmm. He just says the dumbest jokes ever <laughs> and it stole the show. Like everyone was very confused at first, but about two minutes in, like, Everyone is just dying laughing. I'm like your sets where they stay confused the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen the office where they do the roast? Boom. Roasted. What was the one he said to Stanley? Stanley something and your heart sucks. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Your heart sucks. So one of the uh, funniest things I think I've ever seen, like on any TV show is from the office where Michael goes to New York and he says, uh, (laughs) It's like, I'm going to grab a slice of my favorite New York pizza joint. And they just saw him walking into Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Michael Scott. Yeah. So you know, I mentioned Norm MacDonald. Uh, you said you're a fan. What would be your influences? Who would be the, the comics that you draw from and ones that you just like? I'd say my biggest influence would probably be David Tell. Mm-hmm. Going back to when he had the show Insomniac. Mm-hmm on Comedy Central, like right. I would always look forward to watching that show specifically to see his stand-up portion in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Um and just the way he writes, his joke structure is just perfect. Like he's definitely my biggest influence. Uh Robert Schimmel's another one. The way he writes his jokes as far as his structure, uh is someone I really look to. Greg Fitzsimmons is lately one of my favorite comics. There's a whole bunch of them, but mm-hmm. uh, I'd say those top top three for sure so you you spend a fair amount of time writing um yeah i'm someone a lot of people will say they write on stage i can't do that i kind of have to have an idea of what i want to talk about i'm definitely a big fan of just yeah actually writing things out because i also like to use like a thesaurus so i can look up different words to get to my punchline quicker Mm -hmm. things like that and i feel like when i sit down and write I can actually seeing the words helps me actually formulate the joke. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes I'll write a joke and try it. And I'll think it's amazing, but then I'll try it and it just doesn't work. And I'm like, what's wrong with this? So I have to sit down. And then when I write it out or when I have it written out, I can be like, Oh, well, this is just a setup for a different joke or this is what this is lacking. Maybe this is just a tag for something else. So really being able to see the words helps me put stuff together. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Have you ever seen the uh, the Seinfeld show, the kind of like behind the scenes thing that he came out with a couple of years ago? Um, I think so. Was he talking about like some Pop-Tart joke or something? I, I think so. But he the, the scene I remember is him sitting in the street with all his notes laying on the street. Yeah. And he just had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages of notes. And he just talked about how, you know, how it was exactly what you talked, you know, he wrote it out and then he rewrote it and like, wait, maybe this should go here. And there's just so much planning involved in his stuff. And like you said, you know, some guys go up there and, 
and I'm sure they 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 obviously have something in mind they're going to say, but probably not to that small detailed you know kind of style. But yeah, um, so it kind of reminded very, me of that. When you're, yeah. Very mathematical with mm-hmm. the way he. Yep. Right. Where he writes, and that's kind of what I take influence from too. I'm jealous of people who can just go up there and riff like, okay, I'm going to talk about this, and then just talk about it. Like me, sure. I want to know where I'm going, like form my point of view, mm-hmm. and actually like the Seinfeld way. As I'm, I'm someone who hates math too. I'm terrible at it, <laughs> <laughs> but I like looking at comedy from that mathematical standpoint. Like, all right, this setup plus this punchline equals this bit. Now, where does that go? like in the set and really like piece things together. The Seinfeld style you're talking about is economy of words and brevity is the soul of wit, trying to get to the joke in the most stylish way, the most almost musical way uh, Mm -hmm. is what Seinfeld described it as. Yeah, it's very, I guess if we're in related to music, I'm a musician too, so I can relate to that, but kind of like jazz where all of these parts may not make sense, but it sounds really good together. Mm. Yeah. Like, right. And then there's that other kind of style that's maybe more popular of late, which is more of kind of a confessional style where people get up and talk about their life and talk about their mistakes and talk about their family relationships and things like that. That's something that really doesn't interest you, I wouldn't think. Uh, I guess from we a, all draw from our own personal experience, but right. I, I stay away from anything political because honestly, I just don't care. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the only political thing I'll say, I promise. It's just anybody who thinks that they should be president probably shouldn't be president because there's a narcissism problem happening. There. Like to no. think I should lead this country. I guess in knowing my character on stage in quotes, my character, because everything mm-hmm. starts with just who I am. So drawing from that and then drawing from the character of someone who's trying to be an adult, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm 34 and pro wrestling still my favorite thing in the world. Nice. Like my friends are all getting married. I'm still single. <laughs> Things like that. My yeah. friends are having kids. I'm watching two dogs right now. And this is the closest responsible thing I've had to deal with. A lot of room <laughs> for growth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think my quote unquote brand of comedy is. You see someone who's trying. Like I was a big fan of the Rocky movies. And my favorite part was that journey. My comedic voice is someone. Okay. I'm trying to reach a level of maturity that I see my peers are at. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. How much of your show is made up and how much of it is, is based on actual things that have happened? Uh, it's all based in truth, depending on the bit, there might be embellishment here mm-hmm. and there, but that's just trying to be a good storyteller. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like when I talk about my sobriety, I really am five years sober. Mm-hmm. And a lot of yeah. the stuff I talk about with being sober is truth of stupid things I've done. Sure. While drinking mm-hmm. the losing weight stuff, that's all stuff I've thought or felt. So a lot of it is very much rooted in truth. Mm-hmm. Like there's no part of my act that's just completely fabricated. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think my favorite joke of yours that I heard was that uh, uh, talking about the guy that was the designated driver. So he was going to drink light beer instead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was something that happened. I don't know if the guy was joking, but yes, that is something I heard someone say. 
Now, you're a, a bit of a different generation than us. We're a little bit older than you. You're, you're mid-30s. So yep. a lot of the classic comedians that I think of, you know, that I either uh, saw growing up or shortly thereafter, you know, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, Bill mm-hmm. Cosby, and then Seinfeld and whatnot. Who are the ones of your generation that we might not know that you think are really good out there that you watch their stuff? Um, I don't know if Greg Fitzsimmons is of my generation because he's a little bit older than me, but yeah, uh, just anyone who's like a good joke writer like that. I'm trying to think of others. I don't watch as much comedy anymore just because when you're surrounded by it, it's hard to go out, do a show and then come back home and watch a comedy special. Jim Norton is someone else that I, I think is great. Uh, Brian Regan. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I they're probably a generation above me in the grand yeah. scheme of things. But those are but even like you were talking about of former generations like Rodney Dangerfield. I love because mm, sure. I think he's just such a great joke writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching old like Jack Parr, like stand up stuff. Wow. Yeah. From the old Tonight Show, just because. I like the history of it because there's a reason, you know, that set the foundation for what we do now. And it's mm-hmm. amazing to go back and look at some of those older comics, Don Rickles, and just look at the evolution to. That's where I get a lot of my joke inspiration from, like just the formula for it, especially mm-hmm. Rodney Dangerfield. It's, here's the setup. Here's the punchline. Here's a tag. And here's the next bit that I'm going to talk about. Cause I just talked about this one mm-hmm. and it also goes back to that mathematical thing. Right. Yeah. And it, I think it shows in, in the set that I watched that you seem to be a little bit more old school than some of the other comics I've seen that are younger. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's, yeah, it had, that's had a, a good, good thing in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. It had, had a good flow to it. Uh, yeah. That was you know, important like... to me because, mm-hmm. well, even as far back, like when my, I would see my uncle's stuff, I assumed that comics were everything was coming off the top of their head. This is an hour of my thoughts. And then when I watched some of my uncle's stuff and I saw one of his sets and then another one where he's doing the same, same bit, I'm just like, he's lying to me. Like (laughs) I felt betrayed. (laughs) Right. But it was, it seemed so natural when he did it because it was. um, So when I talk about getting sober, for instance, in my act, Mm -hmm. I usually follow that up with stuff about weight loss because I can intertwine those two. Yep. Right. For sure. Whereas if I hear someone, you know, talking about waffles and then the next sentence they're talking about their parents unbreakfast related. Mm -hmm. Right. It sounds more just not as stream of conscious consciousness to me. It sounds more. Yeah. Planned. It's a little jarring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's so you, segue into your next subject. Right. Like, there's some people who do the one-liner are just from random subject to subject thing really, really well. Like Dan Mintz. Are you familiar with Dan Mintz? I'm familiar he, with Junior Mintz. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that his son? That's Dan. Yeah, Dan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I learned something Dan new. Mintz does, if you ever watched Bob's Burgers, he does the voice of Tina okay. on Bob's Burger on the cartoon. Okay. Uh, but he is just a phenomenal stand-up and is one of the few people I can watch an hour of talking about one subject. Okay, we're done with that. Talk about something completely different the next line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of uh, Dimitri Martin is that way a little bit, where he, well, a lot actually, where he just jumps and jumps. It's just one joke, one joke, one joke. And, right. you know, that's definitely a, a very distinct style that he has. It's effective when you do, when you do it right. It's, it's the difference between this is my style versus 
I just don't know how to create a segue, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like yeah. yeah. And I'd like to find a balance between those where it's just, I am very joke oriented, but mm-hmm. it's like several different jokes about one subject. And then I have a segue into a different chunk of material it follows a, a narrative. Sure. Right. 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 Yep. Yeah. And, as, uh, as you, as you mentioned about, uh, about how it's, uh, you know, the comic sounds like it's just coming off the top of their head. You know, I've experienced that with you know people, for example, I was watching a Jim Gaffigan special with mm-hmm. my girlfriend and it's an hour long thing. And and he finished and she goes, boy, he can talk. You know, he can just talk about anything. I said, you know, this that hour there has probably been crafted over the course of a year. He's worked on that and honed those jokes and and uh, and been saying that same uh, set for you know in one in one form or another forever and, and she was of the mindset that he just started riffing about stuff mm. yeah it, that's when yeah. i until i started i didn't realize how much work went into an act mm-hmm. it's a one-man show it's a one-man play yeah. basically exactly and i think a lot of people including me when i first started when in the beginning like okay i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have an hour special by the end of this year mm-hmm. screw it by the end of the month yeah like right. i'm gonna have a new hour every month Right. And either they end up quitting or realizing it like, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought. Maybe maybe I should actually look at this from like the perspective of writing a movie almost. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that would be a good perspective to take on that. Are you um, Mike did not he was not uh, going to uh, put his stuff out there for the public like for the most part because he wants to put he said he wants to put an album together are you uh anti or pro um like free stuff out there uh to an extent it's one of those things i wish that comedy was a little bit more like music because once you hear a joke the next time you hear it you're going to laugh a little less the next time you hear it you're going to laugh a little less whereas if you hear a song First time you hear it, you love it. And then you love it even more every time you hear it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it is kind of one of those things I'd like to conserve my material until I do have a really solid hour that I'm ready to share with people. I'm going to do a no but on you. Um, (laughs) Some of the, you know, when I watch movies, there was a movie in particular uh, called What About Bob? uh, Bill Murray movie. Every time I see it, it gets funnier and funnier. So it's possible that that could potentially happen with with comedy stuff too. And the same thing with Seinfeld. I, the only reason I say that is because I think, I think it's important for you guys to get yourself out there so that people actually see who you are, what you're doing. You get more exposure to more people. If you want to build your career up. And there's something yeah. different though, like between watching a Seinfeld episode for free on your TV and then seeing like one of my clips online and then coming to one of my shows. Sure. So I agree with you. Yeah, Definitely having some material out there is a good thing. But when you're at the level like me and Mike are, where we're trying to build that hour, mm-hmm. um, we just kind of want to conserve all the material we can. Like, mm-hmm. especially if for some reason something does catch on, mm-hmm. like we want to be able to fill the time if there is a following. Like we were talking about with standup, it's just more of an off the cuff thing. Like, or at least the illusion of that. Yep. Whereas like when you're watching a TV show or a movie, you know, that's acting. That's true. Yeah. I guess here's what I was, why I, I, you know, why I thought of this because Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, Mike was telling us, yeah, I don't really put myself out there because I'd rather have you come see me. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm up in Milwaukee. I'm not going to be down in Indiana to come see Mike's show, you know? So I don't really know (laughs) what Mike's comedy is like even all about, Uh, but I'm just thinking, you know, 
get some of your stuff out there. Let people know who you yeah. are and you know what, what your style is and that kind of thing. You know? It's like to your point there from seeing the clips of me and Mike online. Now you're sounding like you're interested in going to one of our shows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't but go like that if we far. put the entire hour out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if we put the entire hour out there and then you came to the show and it was just that same hour that you heard, wouldn't you feel disappointed? No, no, because it's kind of like, really? it, no, because, because I don't think you would deliver it exactly the same every time. I think it's going to be more like a live concert. I, I'm guessing you put an hour out there, uh, let's say today mm-hmm. and six months from now, you're going to be developing, you know, even if it's the same stuff, you're going to be tweaking it and this and that. And even if it is the same thing, if I liked it, I would go and see it again. My thing is I would like to have an hour mm-hmm. and then like 15 minutes. That's like you're saying on YouTube. Yep. Yep. So people can see it. That can be used as a commercial to come see the show. Yep. I'll take Tim's side on this in the sense that, you know, that hour, you know, the gold mm-hmm. standard of having the hour, the half hour, those jokes are honed over the course of a long period of time. And so if you hear early versions of them, it's not the best product. It's like the rehearsal as opposed yeah. to the final product. And so what he's saying is he wants to get all that stuff together and then release it as a unit. But maybe have, like you said, a three, five minute thing that would tease people to get them on in. But to give yeah. away that whole hour in terms of your free stuff, especially as it's being developed, might not give them an accurate presentation of how it's going to be at the end. Yep, I can, I can understand that. And I'm not, I guess I'm not really saying like give away everything. But yeah. I mean, Mike is like, I'm not putting anything out there because I want to make my album. Like, well, he- yeah, there's something about like having success too early. I think it's like when you see a trailer for a movie. Mm-hmm. It gets you interested in wanting to see that movie. Yes. Yep. Right. But right. with yeah. comedy, it's like if there's something about having the hour, I think that's just really special to comics for having like bits to be out there and not being able to include them in your first hour. That's something that's kind of special to me. Yeah. Like that's, but especially in the age we're in, people don't have an hour. Like people, that's a lot of time oh, yeah. to ask with somebody. I guess I, I didn't mean, you know, you should put your whole hour out there or even make it like one hour show on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, five, what, three to five minutes, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. have four or five clips out there like that. And I mean, it, I guess I guess we're all getting to the same to the mm-hmm. to the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think conclusion we're, yeah, here, we're yeah. right in the middle. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So right. Uh, but the hour is uh, awesome to have, but you want well, yeah. to see like the teasers. trailer before you yeah. see the movie. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What about you hear about how comedy is getting a little bit more PC, a little bit more woke. Uh, how do you see that happen uh, in your arenas that you're in? I guess. I don't know. Not really. I don't pay attention to any of that stuff. Have you taken heat for anything you said? Oh, no, no, not that I'm aware of. I mean, okay. if there is something that offended someone, they didn't tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Generally pretty clean ish, I guess, mm-hmm. as opposed to, some of you know my peers uh which is something that i did kind of on purpose just because it made me try to write smarter if you're just swearing every other line like that works early on because you're gonna get a reaction Mm -hmm. but you know when i try to write clean i find myself being more creative 
Right. Right. We were, you were talking about guys like Don Rickles and those older guys. I mean, that the great part about that too, was that was all clean stuff. I mean, maybe not, not necessarily riding days. Not by today's standards. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, I listened to Don Rickles the other day, the hello dummy album. Oh, Mm -hmm. and just right out the gate. There's a lot of stuff that would have gotten him quote unquote canceled. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I guess I don't know Don Rickles stuff as well, but, but I, I know that pretty uh, clean. Yeah. As far as language mm-hmm. goes, as far as swearing. Yeah. He didn't, didn't do much yeah. of that. I mean, I think of like guys like Mel Brooks, you know, he did like the mm-hmm. 2000 year old man and, you know, all that stuff was just, it was hilarious. It's still funny and all clean. And it takes more of a talent, I think, to write that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I, I don't go, I didn't get into comedy to offend people. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it happens, it happens, whatever. But knowing that my intention is just to make the people in front of me laugh. That's all I want. Yep, I'm exactly. not going out there trying to hurt someone's feelings or make mm-hmm. someone feel less than or any of that. Like I know my intentions. So even if my stuff did offend somebody, I, I wouldn't really care. Like they can just not come back to the show. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, uh, as we mentioned to you, maybe off air, maybe on air that our production schedule, a little bit more on time, uh, broadcasting here. Your podcast will be out in the next week or two. And so maybe some people actually hear it might be in your neighborhood. Uh, watch your show. You said, uh, your next show is when? Well, tomorrow, which probably won't be air by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Zany's tomorrow, but then on the 12th through the 14th, I'm at the improv. I will be hosting for Michael Yo, who was on the E network. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going on the road actually with Mike later this month. Uh, starting on the 21st, we're going to Virginia, North Carolina, and uh, West Virginia. So I got a pretty, oh, nice. pretty good month. And yeah, if anyone wants to follow me that's listening, you can follow me on Instagram at haha Tim Brennan. Um, Perfect. And yeah, that's where I post all my upcoming shows. Random stuff that I find funny is also posted on there. So mm-hmm. nice. Uh, all right. Well, I want to thank you for being on our show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to hearing it when it's out. Yeah, all thanks right, a lot, Tim. We appreciate too. the time. Thanks. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast when we talk with the president of the Wisconsin Bike Federation, Kirsten Finn. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.